You're listening to a ComicsXF podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is crazy. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach Bub. I'm the bad boy of X-Men podcasting. Yeah. And I'm the baddest at what I do, and what I do is not very nice. <laughs> Enough said. You, you know, especially this week, you, you really are stretching your bad boy qualifications uh, in your story choices here, mister. Uh, <laughs> Adam, it's this wasn't even... In our official picks document, this was <laughs> no. this was me sitting around and being like, "What would be funny for me to make Adam read?" <laughs> and you know what? I was right. I was right. I had a great time understanding your reactions to this. <laughs> I think uh, periodically I just kept checking in, going, "Oh God! Oh no! Oh this what?" And it was really great because it just kept escalating. So um, sure was an interesting time this weekend reading these these awful Wolverine stories. It's because Wolverine Volume 3, which is the 2000s uh, Wolverine, maybe the most balls-to-the-wall insane chunk of comics that have ever come out. Like, it's 70-some issues. Mm-hmm. And not a single one of them is normal. No, and it's all of these arcs that are just kind of loosely tied together and throwing all kinds of weird stuff at the wall, and very little of it sticks. <laughs> and the thing is, big name creators, big name writers, yeah. big name artists, mm-hmm. like big swings constantly. It's just amazing how p- bad the at bat is at this run. Like, <laughs> We will it's, get into why it's okay, but you're absolutely right that the hit rate isn't great. So, Zach, as you mentioned, this is your selections. These are these are your picks. Normally, we would rely on our patrons. So, if people do want to select things for us to cover, what should they do? Well, they should uh, make sure that I don't think I'm not going to be able to record one week so that we don't plan for it and then find <laughs> out that I do get to record uh, actually, so we have to hurry up and call an audible real quick. And instead of picking something easy, I say, well, let's read 25 comics. <laughs> Don't worry, Adam. They are all very slim. <laughs> None of that was wrong. No, that's true. Very top-notch stuff. Uh, top-notch is a strong word. I would say they are very... <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course they're not. None of this At is least they are. <laughs> they're they're quick. It's like it's like falling out of an airplane. At least it's not gonna hurt that bad. Like it'll be over pretty woof, pretty fast. <laughs> I don't know. You gotta get to the ground. That's a second. Like that's gonna take a second. Ah, yeah, but that doesn't hurt. I mean, I guess it would be cold and the wind chill and like the air that that may like sting a bit. But it, I mean, it's not. There's worse ways to die, like you could in Wolverine Volume Two, uh, where he rolls over uh, somebody, or he gets rolled over by a steamroller. That's in Punisher. That's not in Wolverine Volume Two. There's a sequel to it that we'll cover at one point. Uh, Frank Thierry way out of pocket on that one. Oh, anyway, yeah, that's crazy. No, uh, I don't know what I was saying. Patreon.com/slash Battle of the Atom five dollars. Do that. Yeah, do that. Points coffers. Hearts, pocketbooks, all the normal things I say. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to hear us talk about Wolverine Volume 3, 13 to 19, a seven-parter, baby. Return <laughs> of the Native. Return of the Native. Now, I'm not familiar with the Native, Zach. What exactly is the Native? Because I'm worried that the use of this just... On surface, using that as as a, as a nomenclature um, seems weird to me. Seems like we're starting this at a level of could go in some interesting directions. <laughs> yes. yes, there could be some challenges with this early two thousand story. This is a two thousand and four story arc. 
by Wolver the guy who starts off Wolverine Volume 3, and I think has the longest consistent chunk of issues, Greg Rucka, mm-hmm. uh, with pencils by Derek Robertson. Yes. Um, and I'm going to say this, because I'm not going to say this about the other creators, or at least the other writers that we talk about on this episode. I like Greg Rucka. Greg Rucka's really good. Okay. Like, in general, Greg sure. Rucka's a pretty darn good writer. If this, however, was the only comics you ever read by Greg Rucka, would you still have that same opinion? No, you would have some questions about what Greg Rucka's doing. <laughs> this is... This is... I forgot. Because I even said, I said, oh, this... Because I wanted to have three different stories from this run by three different creative teams. That way it didn't feel like we were just... Like, we were getting across the message that, no, it's not just this one guy. It's the whole run is this way. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, Return of the Native. I, I was like, I think that's the weirdest thing Rucka does. But comparatively, it's not that weird. And you know what? I stand by it. And but yet, the gap is a lot closer. <laughs> it's still pretty, still pretty bonkers. So uh, our story begins with Sabretooth hunting someone, something known as the native in a forest with a couple of mercenaries by his side. And uh, whatever this thing is, it bests them fairly easily and gets away. And as our story goes by, we realize that the native is basically girl Wolverine. It's girl Wolverine. Another girl Wolverine. She was, she was apparently in weapon X. Here's what we know about the native. Okay. One, she seems to be white, which is, I mean, you could have, her code name was feral in like some stuff. And I know that's somebody else's code name already, but you could have doubled up. Sure. Uh, Feral wasn't using it. Uh, So that's weird. Uh, She was a Weapon X test subject. She runs around the forest in furs with bony Wolverine claws. Uh, Looks like dreads for most of this. Yeah, that's a little. Which, okay, to be fair, to be fair, (laughs) I don't think she's appropriating dreads in so much as she's not bathing. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird things where like they're trying to accentuate the fact that this is like a, a woman of the woods, right? And that like she's got matted hair and that, you know, she's kind of grimy. And yet we will see also scenes that like are meant to kind of accentuate that she's this like gorgeous model looking woman as well, except just drops the first letter off every word for fun. Yeah, uh, the characterization of the native is wild. And I want to, I want to point out Greg Rucka. One of the guys that's like pretty well regarded as, Oh yeah. He writes women pretty well, which (laughs) is weird that that's something you have to say in comics, but also (laughs) like Greg Rucka generally, he likes a strong, sassy lady cop. Mm. It's his favorite. Here. Wolverine uh, hunts the native down in an effort to protect her from saber tooth and Zach, this is the biggest LOL that I have had at reading a comic book in a Scream. long time. I but forgot and I screamed when I got to it, buddy. When Wolverine finally encounters the native and they fist fight and then they like basically go from that to slowly undressing, making out and then having sex. I was like, this is hilarious like it was laugh out loud funny how how like it hits you that when they start making out i was just like is this for real this is actually happening wolverine has heightened senses of smell adam (laughs) and this woman does not bathe (laughs) like and you're supposed to be like oh look look how cool wolverine is they went from fighting to the other thing that starts with f and i'm like (laughs) i got I got questions about all this. One, one of these people seems to have a higher level of cognition than the other. Like to I was a level say of concern. That. Yes. She does it's, not seem to be completely like competent necessarily. And that's interesting choices that Wolverine is making here. I get everything 
like I get the thought process that Rucka is making every step of the way here. I also feel like if he would have told literally one person this story out loud with his mouth before <laughs> he got to like actually having Derek Robinson draw it, he would have said, "No, wait, no, I hear it now." Oh yeah, Jeez. yeah, I, I get it now. Okay, yeah, yeah no, we got to do a different one. This one, this is bad. We should do a different story here. Yeah. yeah. By the way, this this is like by issue two or three of this story. Oh, it yeah. I mean, it just rattles pretty quickly. Uh, by the time we get to the end, they're trying. Uh, Wolverine is trying to rescue well, the native you, from Weapon X. Because Wolverine and Sabretooth have teamed up now. Sort of. Uh, yeah, begrudgingly. Both of them knowing that there will be a betrayal, which is one of my favorite tropes is when people team up knowing that it's not going to work out and they're just playing one side against the other, like, or playing against each other. Like, okay, who's going to, who's going to go first. Mm -hmm. And I do appreciate that um, Wolverine does essentially pin Sabretooth under the wheels of a Humvee. Um, That's kind of funny. That that got a chuckle out of me. Sabretooth has been hired by, some guys. Yeah, we really don't know anything about the, the Rucka doesn't give you much information about who this group is, but they're they're very eager to start Weapon X back up at the Weapon X facility, right? Yeah, they're just it's Mr. Murray and Mr. Willoughby. They don't matter. They die very quick. Or by the end of this. Saber they try and betray Sabretooth. Doesn't go well. Sabretooth Sabretooth does murder them pretty good. It's kind of funny that he isn't murdering them the whole time. Like he keeps his cool. Um, for they are promising him a lot of money. Yes. And I'll, I'll give Rucker credit. I don't think his saber tooth is poorly written in this. Like this is like good, competent mercenary saber tooth. Like I'm evil, violent and not a good guy. And I'm just, that's just me. Yeah. I got to get some bucks, right? Yeah. I get it. Kills a lot of people in this. (laughs) Uh, Yes. And then here's what you what you know is going to happen happens in that eventually the native who is now using very short words and Wolverine fight and the native is killed and Wolverine is sad. Yep. They fridger. Do you know how long the Marvel Wiki biography of the native is? Oh God, is it long? Yeah, it's fifteen hundred words. <laughs> what the heck? Like this character is more... not that is yeah. more words than Greg Rucker wrote. <laughs> I was gonna say, and I know fifteen. I know fifteen hundred isn't like a lot of words, but it's a lot of words for the native. It's pretty funny. That I mean, they it even... feels wrong just to say her name. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's what they call her, and it is coming off the tongue wrong. I don't love I... it. I do appreciate that the Marvel Wiki has a power grid for her <laughs> that explicitly says intelligence one. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 rogue rogue level intelligence, right? <laughs> that's what that's what rogue has on the on the card. Yeah, on no, the I'm sorry. Card. Apparently, this power grid intelligence slow or impaired. Which oh, jeez, not not a good look, man. Marvel. Oof. They also have Krakoa as intelligence one and i don't think the island that walks like a man is intelligence one Mm, that's tough that's tough no krakoa in this particular story though just a lot of like woodlands and lab uh they also have isaiah bradley on here as intelligence one a man who like a man who has a traumatic brain injury because he was used as a government experiment because he was seen as expendable yeah like uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't. Marvel think... Wiki. I know that the I know that the trading cards did this, but y'all maybe need to not have <laughs> that. I don't think that anyone is pining for the native to come back uh, or any additional stories about the native. I do think that it's kind of funny that there is yet another. Uh, female Wolverine um, in Wolverine's history, and yet hold another. On, hold on, I'm sorry. Important Marvel Power Grid update. Oh, jeez, sorry. They have the Fury. It kills superheroes as yeah. Intelligence One. Maybe this is a flawed system. That that 
doesn't seem to really comprehend what the Fury is and is capable of. Of but, killing superheroes. It yeah. kills superheroes. That's yeah. what the Fury does. It kills superheroes. And it does it very intelligently. Mm. It's true. That's true. I don't know. I didn't make these stats up. But we don't ever need to see the native or think about the native again. I don't want to keep saying the native. Um, it's just, it's a very it? poor choice on Rucka's part. And this is not a good story. Why is it called Return of the Native as the arc title? Like, I get that in this story, the native comes back into Wolverine's life from him not really remembering and assuming that, yeah, okay, I guess we had this cabin here. Also, and this is, why is this not Silver Fox? Like, mm. taking everything aside, everything else about it, if this is a Silver Fox, like, Silver Fox actually, like, wasn't vipered or whatever or she's back and weapon x experimented on her and blah 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 all this stuff happens and maybe i don't remember if she was actually a hydra person or if that was a clone i, I love doesn't matter Mama. not doesn't not matter most, yeah it doesn't matter if this was like a silver fox story it makes more sense because then you at least have the pathos of wolverine like knowing that this was someone that he actually cared about and we know that this was someone that wolverine cared about and it makes the dynamic with her and Sabretooth and Wolverine different. And I'm not sure I want to see that story, but I almost don't think like that's the easier way to get more out of this story. Hmm. Uh, to answer your question, the only thing that I can think about about why it's called Return of the Native is there is a Thomas Hardy novel called Return of the Native. It has nothing to do with... <laughs> anything that would be even remotely related to this story uh it is about an individual named clem yalbright who comes back to england to be a schoolmaster um after being a jeweler in paris and uh, how maybe it was just like a, a handy title that was sitting around for greg rucka but i don't know Maybe there's another story called Return of the Native that I don't know about, but that's that's the one. No, it seems like it's this one. That yeah. anyway, I'm gonna be very honest. We're not being kind to this story. Mm-hmm. That's just bad. The, <laughs> yes, but also, Adam, this is easily the best story that we're gonna talk about <laughs> this episode. Also very possible. <laughs> so Look, it's not even close. Yeah. Um, let's, let's try and rank this on our big old list. Okay. So on our list, jeez, we have 873 stories on the road on that lonesome, lonesome woodland road to 900. We're ranking them from best to worst. The number one story on the list is house of X of powers of 10. Number 200 on this list is uncanny X-Men 122 cry for the children. Uh, number 400 on this list is Happenings in Vegas from X-Factor. Number 600 on this list is X-23 Collision Course. Uh, that's with Dakin in it. Uh, number 800 on this list is What If Astonishing X-Men. Number 873, Bud, you know it's the worst X-Men story of all time. 2099, The World of Tomorrow. Nice. Today. It's yeah. the World of Tomorrow today. Folks, I'm already all the way down at like the 800s, so... I want you to tell me if this is better or worse than the six issues of volume two of Wolverine and the X-Men. Better. Better. Maybe. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, okay. I'm looking around. <laughs> it's not much better. <laughs> like it's not. Maybe. Um, oh, this hurts. This one, this is tough because it's not fun to read. No, it it's got a, it got a big laugh out wild. of me, but not for a good reason. No, it that they weren't trying to make you laugh, and that's an issue. Yeah, I don't know. Derek Robertson's art's pretty decent in this. Sure, that's, it's fine. It's fine. I don't know. Tomorrow Never Learns is probably better, isn't it? Uh, it might be. It does have like early Osirar art. I would. All right. Why don't we put it in between that and Wild Thing Number Four, which is below it? Yes, thirty-two. Does that seem? Okay? I think the problem is you pick the right spot right away because, like, yeah. I look back down and I'm like, "Well, this is probably better than the first three issues of X Men Gold." Mm. But mm -hmm. oddly, man, yeah, all of this is this is our new eight thirty-two, folks. If we sound conflicted right now, 
Well, just wait. <laughs> no, let's get really into it now. Cause like that was just the appetizer. Now we got to get into the entree, <laughs> which is Wolverine volume three, 50 to 55 evolution. And boy, oh boy, was this a fun one. Uh, I'm just kidding. Not fun at all to read. Um, who's our creative it's, team here, Zach? Uh, Simone Bianchi on pencils. And that's an artist that either are in or you aren't with them. I tend to like, I tend to like Bianchi. Oh, I got a lot to say about the Bianchi here. I want to, I want to hear it. Cause there are some, there's one specific part that is the wildest thing. <laughs> it's so bad. But also in 2007, not a unique to Simone Bianchi problem. No. And Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb is... Jeff Loeb. Yeah. Jeff what Loeb is has... there to say about Jeff Loeb third? Man, Jeff Loeb. It's just amazing to me that anyone would ever read, like, comics by Jeff Loeb like these and then put him in charge of, like, large swaths of television and... It's just... Media making. <laughs> it's like, why? <laughs> well, one, he does have, he started in like film. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Jeff Loeb helped write the script to Commando. Yes. Yes. And also Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> great. Great. That explained Teen Wolf 2. That kind of explains some stuff because. Zach, we are going to get into the science of this story. This is Wait, a... oh my gosh. Oh, Jeff Loeb was a producer on Lost Season 2? Yes, I did know that. Yeah, but that explains pro- actually a lot. Yeah. Just a producer though. I don't I don't think No, he, he was a writer. He was, he he was a writer as well. Too? Oh. Yeah, okay. he had writing credits as well. Mm-hmm. Uh So, here's the thing. I've got a lot of I've got a lot of issues with how much Tim Sale tricked us into thinking that maybe Jeff Loeb was good. <laughs> There's no because trickery the long here. Hall- the Long Halloween is not like a good, competent mystery, but Tim Sale's great. Oh my god. Is Spider-Man Blue actually good, or is it sappy and melodramatic? Who's to say because it looks amazing? There is no such uh, switcheroo here with this particular story, which is just bad. And this is one of those where you wonder if like there's a a language comprehension issue, because yet again, Jeff Loeb seems to think that Wolverines and wolves are somehow related and that Panthers are dogs as well. I mean, also just that some... saber tooth cats are wolves. Yeah, some really confusing biology here. Um, and we've mentioned Romulus on this uh, show before, but this is the arc. <laughs> yeah, we have. This is the arc that really tries to sell us on some very, very bizarre Wolverine backstory. And um, there's some furry type stuff in this that I did not care for. There's all kinds of stuff happening here. Adam, that's not even like top 12 of the stuff in this that made me raise an eyebrow. And that may be because I was on Blue Sky too much. (laughs) And I got got normalized to what their filters don't catch. Uh, (laughs) Well, every issue is beginning with these hallucinogenic type back uh, flashbacks that Wolverine is having. In which he claims now that he can he can remember it all, and these are memories that are flashing between like World War II, the ancient Roman Colosseum, some sort of weird prehistoric wolf people. It's weird. It's real weird. And then in the present, he's not happy at all that Sabretooth is on the Supernovas team. And to be fair. Wolverine's 100% right on this one. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. But the two of them basically just spend the these five issues ripping yeah. each other to shreds. And all of the nuance, like, I know we just tore up that Greg Rucka story, but you're right. He did kind of give Sabretooth, like, a solid voice in that story. All of that's gone here. Like, these characters sound dumb. They, they have 
<laughs> no depth, this, no pathos. Like it's all out the window. This saber tooth wants to hurt, murder, and rape. That's all he wants to do. And at minimum, it's just like not pleasant. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like just at minimum, it's not pleasant. However, the comic does not give you time to think through the implications of this because as they are fighting their blood match, uh, we learn some things specifically from Storm, who electrocutes uh, Sabretooth and then takes Harem and Wolverine to her husband and her new home in Wakanda, where Black Panther says, by the way, (laughs) hey guys, I'm Black Panther. I'm going to be really famous soon, but right now I'm hitching my wagon to Storm for her her cred, which is true. And I'm sorry, T'Challa, you're great. I like you a lot. You deserved more. <laughs> but we, we, this was, this was very much a Jay Z in Beyonce wedding, uh, which is what it was advertised as. In much like Jay Z and Beyonce, one of them is much more famous now, and it's not the one you'd think. Yes, uh, and um, the. You want to get into the the? I want to exp- can, the can I evolution? explain it? Yeah, please. This oh, is bonkers! I got, I got the biggest smile on my face. As we all know, Homo sapiens, sure, over over millions of years, evolved mm-hmm. from a common ancestor to apes. Like mm-hmm. there was one point, and there was a divergent evolution. What Jeff Loeb postulates, <laughs> and by Jeff Loeb, I mean T'Challa, the smartest man. Yes. <laughs> Is that, well, actually, our archaeologists are showing me things, and I have a theory. Oh, boy. That actually, there was a divergent line, a separate divergent line that Mm. became humans also, which is not how it works, that came from wolves. And Wolverine and Sabretooth, I think you guys are descended from that. I mean, think about how many wolf mutants there are. Now, let's pause here for a second. I went to Christian school, so I don't know anything about the evolution side of this. For all I know, T'Challa's spot on. Okay. Hear me out. 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 I talked to my mom the other day, uh, and she was like, oh, what science, or something about science, like my kid was bringing up, like what science she likes, and she was mentioning, like, he asked if I took a lot of biology and I had to look him in the eyes with my mom there said, no, I went to Christian school. So while I took one semester of biology, I'm pretty sure they weren't teaching it right. There's some <laughs> fundamental things in there that they didn't uh, get regardless. T'Challa did not go to a fundamental Christian school. T'Challa went to the best schools in Wakanda, which is a fundamental Bastist university, a Southern Bastist university. I'm using that joke later. That's great. I like that. That's going on blue sky right after this. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. It's just we have to get you the part where Sabretooth says everyone's everyone on the X Men like, oh yeah, you guys have so many wolf people, which is, and then brings out all the wolf people. I'm putting wolf people in quotes because if okay. they are, wait a minute. If, no, I'm getting there too. But Adam, <laughs> I want to get to one other thing first. Yeah, go ahead. I'm and enjoying then we get this. To one, yes, if Jeff Loeb is trying to say that actually Chuck Austin was right with uh, Lobo Maximus and all of the other wolf mutants that he introduces in his run, mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, now we're cooking, Jeff. We're we're bringing up Chuck Austin plot points and saying they are incredibly relevant to Wolverine. I don't think you're right. Uh, but no, he doesn't do that. Instead, he says, yeah, all these other wolf things. This is a completely separate, different breed of wolf people. And Adam, I lose it when T'Challa parades out all of his evidence of different wolf mutants. Who are they, Adam? Who are the wolf mutants that T'Challa brings out? Okay, so first of all, I'm pretty sure that T'Challa actually insinuates that he might be a wolf person. Obviously, yes, he's a wolf person too. Because panthers are wolves and that makes a lot of sense. Um, but then sure. Wolverine wakes Cats up. Cats and dogs are the same. Cats are right. girls, dogs are boys. We know this. <laughs> Wolverine this is wakes science. Up. 
wakes up to the following four peep characters in his bedroom. I want to start with Sasquatch. Let's start with Sasquatch, who is a mystically cursed being that has nothing to do with the wolf. And I want to be clear. If you're trying to say that the Bigfoot is a wolf man, and that is a sign of divergent evolution from apes, I would tend to argue that kind of kind of traditionally Sasquatches and Yetis and other big feeded monsters are like ape dudes. Yeah. Like that's yeah. their thing. They're they're ape people. Yes. Already we're way off the mark. I've seen Harriet Hendersons. I know. <laughs> Then we are joined by uh, two Morlock sisters who we're all familiar with, uh, who had been depowered at this point, and that is the very cat-like Feral and Thorn, uh, who I would again argue not dogs, not wolves. They're they're very, cats. Like Feral's big story is that she ate some birds. <laughs> right, they're cats. She pulled a Sylvester. And they are I, they are cats from the movie Cats. Yeah, and finally. Drawn in a way that God knows where Simone Bianchi got the the character reference for this, because it just does not look like her in any way, shape, or form. But it is very funny. Straight out of the Dog Connection storyline in Cap Wolf, it's everybody's favorite, Rain Sinclair, Wolfsbane. And here's the thing. (laughs) She is a wolf. (laughs) Sure, we got one. One out of anybody who else who is not a wolf. She's the only wolf. There are no more wolves. And she's not a wolf. She's a werewolf. Like, yes. Like the horror monster. She's a werewolf. That's why she's in Cap Wolf. Because they're werewolf people. Uh, so, of course, because this is a Wolverine story, we all now, this this ragtag team of, of lupus sapiens or lupus superior, whatever you want to call them, have to go to the Weapon X facility because where else are we going to go? Because, and this is the big thing, there's always, this is the big thing that T'Challa wants to get back. His, his archaeologists yes. are postulating is that throughout history, there's always a blonde wolf and a black <laughs> wolf, and they are forever at some level of immortal war. Mm. At the same time, said blonde wolf, in this case, Sabretooth the cat. It's just it's a Sabretooth cat, Sabretooth Tiger. Like yeah. mm-hmm. that's the I know what, I know how part. cats work. I know yeah. you know it. I know our audience knows it. I'm not sure Jeff Loeb does know it. It's baffling. And it's concerning to me. <laughs> Again, like five seconds like, Jeff, that's absolutely not. <laughs> Like, that just doesn't scan what you're saying, Jeff. Cats and dogs are different. (laughs) And also, wolverines are not cats or dogs. They're like badgers. That's right. They're rodents. They're not wolves. They aren't wolves. Um, Did we talk about wild child yet? Oh, yeah, let's get to... Hold on one second. Because this is the best part of the... This is the best part of the run. Uh, okay. Before the wild, wild child, not it. Best part of the run. They're on this plane out to uh, out to Weapon X. Sabretooth has escaped. He ran to Weapon X. He keeps escaping. He escapes like eight times. Yeah. Thorn and Feral get trashed on the airplane. They are straight up drinking schnapps out of a bottle. Yeah. Like it's like it a is, private limo. They are they are right. sewer people drinking, <laughs> and I love that for them. Sure, bless. But sad for Feral, who shows up but Wild Child. Now, Wild Child has a redesign, Adam. Sure does. And one of the redesign elements is that he's a Nazi. It's really pretty, like, standard issue uniform, except it has um, nipple rings. Oh, he has a lot of piercings, he has nipple rings. He has an iron cross and is fighting for the German army in World War II. <laughs> it, it's it, not hmm. fortunate. No, no. And he has been empowered through Romulus with poison tipped claws that can defeat Wolverine. And Wolverine is even Wolverine is like, did I just get beat up by wild child? Um, oh, because constantly in this arc and constantly in this arc in the narration, Wolverine is saying, what the f- 
Which is like Jeff Loeb knowing that he's doing something wild and trying to lampshade it, but it's not working because that's that's not how that's that's what like Hellboy would do. That's not what Wolverine would do. They are different. He's definitely aware that he's trying to do something crazy, but he also does want you to take it seriously. And I don't know how you're supposed to do that because because he has he has everyone talking in Latin, being like, "Who is Romulus? I am what you will become." Yeah, there's this Latin phrase that they keep saying throughout that he keeps hearing in the flashbacks. And really, all this just builds so until the the last page, the last reveal, is that Wolverine has to realize that Romulus is actually real and is not a figment of his imagination. Because he, like, I guess, senses him and smells him and it all comes back. And they're all lupus sapiens and what in the world is this? And I'm sorry, but Simone Bianchi's artwork just does not work for me here. There's a lot of really weird foreshortening and like smushed in faces and like Sabretooth pretty much looks like a, you know, kind of like a a cut of butcher meat, like hanging from a hook. And I, I just, there's some places where it's not terrible you know um but it really it just doesn't add anything to this story especially when he gets characters off model like he does with wolfsbane yeah i i tend to like bianchi but it's messy in a way that doesn't work for this story uh now you are leaving out one very important thing that happens in the last issue of this oh what did i leave out the part where wolverine uh goes to cyclops and says cyclops give me the miramasa blade oh, right yes and cyclops is like i don't want I don't think I, I don't think I'm supposed to do that, Wolverine. He's like, give me the mirror mouse blade. He's like, are you going to go to a murder? And he's like, actually, <laughs> I don't care. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Wolverine goes and cuts off Sabretooth's head after Sabretooth has been like, actually, none of this is meaning. Like he gets into a, this weird nihilist mode for a second mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Sabretooth kind of lets himself get murdered with the Muramasa blade, which stops healing factors, blah, 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 can actually kill you. Uh, very funny to me that Jeff Loeb is like, yes, and what does this need? It needs a samurai sword. <laughs> we need to bring in samurai stuff to this right away. I'm Jeff Loeb, and I will never do anything problematic about uh, Asian representation ever in my entire career, <laughs> ever in my life, ever. And then Sabretooth does stay dead for a bit. Like, sure. Sabretooth is dead for a spell. He's got no head. And that's fine. Um, Zach, this is terrible. Like, Oh, it's a bad comic. This is like Chuck Austin levels of baddie. It's really out there. It is very, very nonsensical. I don't find it pleasing to look at. And every single issue is just like, make it stop, please. Oh yeah. Please make it stop. We forgot to mention Wild Child has been working for Romulus forever because Romulus is pulling the strings behind everything that's ever happened to Wolverine. And he's actually the secret evil bad guy of all of Wolverine's life. I assume everyone knows Romulus's deal, but actually, if you did, that would be a wild thing to know. Did you know they made this into a like a motion comic that they sold DVDs of? Oh, God, no. Uh, right? Wow, 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 wow. That's a wild... That, what a choice. that. Um... This is bad. Hey, can I tell you the other wildest thing? Yeah, please. The next time that, uh, or the last time that Jeff Loeb gets his hands on Romulus, and we aren't covering this story, but we need to in the future at some point, he introduces Romulus's twin sister, Remus. Because, oh, like, Romulus and Remus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, made wrong. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who says, actually, Romulus is a liar. Everything that he said is fake and is not true and you did not evolve from wolves. That's a stupid thing. Which I kind of love if I didn't think that Jeff Loeb wanted us to take it seriously the mm. first time. Yeah. And also that like, wait, then what did Chichala's best scientists come up with? How did they all agree? Did Romulus infiltrate their ranks and produce false evidence to convince T'Challa the Black Panther that he was a wolf man? It would require a really great deal of retconning. Good thing that people probably don't really remember this storyline and or think of it fondly um, because, you know. You think people don't remember this? I think I can't stop oh, yeah? about it. <laughs> All right. Remember well, it fondly, that's one thing. But, like, do you remember in X Lives of Wolverine when Romulus shows up and you got hyped because you're like, oh, yeah, it's Romulus? Oh, I do remember that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> What in the world? I would go back to X Lives of Wolverine because I think knowing what I know now, I think I would love it. 
Oh. I think I would go back and be like, actually, this is all good. There was fun Wolf- to be had there. There was Wolverine has sex with Omega Red in that. Jesus. That's that's on page. He's in he is inside of Omega Red on page. I know. I know. I know. That's not that's, that's all right. I love Wolverine comics so much. They are not good. This is a terrible one. Evolution is, this- is worse than Return of the Native by like a good chunk. Yeah, so I'm working my way down the 800s. Is this better or worse than Hyperstorm? Fantastic Four, 406 to 414. At it's worse than Hyperstorm. Okay. It's worse than Hyperstorm. Is this worse, better or worse than 861 Witchblade Wolverine? The thing about Witchblade Wolverine is that Witchblade and Wolverine go get Vegas married. <laughs> Here's the thing. Adam, I put them in front of you. I say, Adam, you can read this. Oh, I'm reading read Witchblade, Witchblade Wolverine. Wolverine. No, you're or, right. how about this? How about this? Stranger on the street. Witchblade Wolverine? This Romulus yeah. thing. I'm giving you Witchblade Wolverine. I think so. I think so. I don't want to force this particular story on anybody else. Um, I I don't know if it's as bad as X-Force Volume 2. X-Force and Cable of the Legend Returns. I, I think I that's still probably that's worse. It. By the way, folks, we are in the bottom, like, we're in the bottom 20. Bottom 15 of the list right now like we are we are near the nadir of all this i think 862 which is right above that nyx Mm -hmm. nyx is trying to do something failing really bad yeah and and has what if the cat person from nyx showed up in this story though (laughs) and then it was like look at this it's another wolf mutant yeah yeah, but I agree. I think I might give the edge to NYX, but I still think this is probably a little bit better than X Force Volume Two at eight sixty three. Only because I can't. Uh, uh, I was about to say I can't remember the name of the villain from X Force Volume Two off the top of my head, but I want to say it's is it Scorn? Yes, with two ends. Oh yeah, duh. Scorn. Anyway. Everyone should read this. This is no one should read this. What are you talking about? Everyone should read this. This is (laughs) just to put it in perspective, folks, not the worst Jeff Loeb comic we have on this list. No. (laughs) All right. We've got one more Wolverine volume three story, and it is a. Were you expecting this writer? Were you expecting this writer when you opened it? When you opened it, Adam? Were you like, oh. I knew that Howard Chaikin drew this arc. Um, which I was already kind of dreading because I, you know, like we'll, we'll get into the chicken in a second. But when I saw it was Mark Guggenheim, I was like, huh, interesting. I was like, I remember Zach saying something about a Mark Guggenheim Wolverine story. And then I got into it and I realized which story this was. And I was like, Ooh, he did it. He finally got me Googs. to read this. Googs. The Googs get you in. Uh, let's start with Howard Chicken. Controversial figure to say the least. Uh, and I don't know enough about all of the Howard Shaken controversies to really get into it. I can say that uh, I think his art's really bad in this. Howard Shaken is one of those figures who was incredibly influential in the 80s, right? With books like American Flag. And, you know, has this very, very distinctive, chunky line quality that he uses Uh, a lot of his characters have very you know sort of pronounced square chins it it's a very dynamic look for the time as he evolves as an artist some of those things become increasingly exaggerated to the point of like just comedy and he goes from somebody who's kind of a creative uh contemporary of walt simonson to just doing something completely different and he's gotten himself into some really hot water with some of the things that he's uh he's put out there that have been perceived as islamic phobic and i don't want to even say perceived i i think they're straight up islamophobic um, i've not read it i don't i don't know i don't read howard chicken comics yeah i mean we're not I've... even talking i'm not even talking about reading the comics i'm talking about some of the imagery that he produces to put out some of the stories that he that he's made um so we could probably table that for a second because we can concentrate on the fact that the artwork here is not chicken's best he's he's far past his prime by the time he's doing this story and god it 
it does not look good. There's a panel of Wolverine, and he's supposed to be really like fighting, and he's got little T Rex arms. Yeah, that happens a couple times. He just has like little tiny. Ee, we're gonna get you. He ya. has so much. He has so much foreshortening on the claws. Yeah, so much. It's like they're they're tiny little guys. They don't even extend past his fingers. Well, it's... most artists like to you know draw the Wolverine claws as you know long knife blades you know but there are occasionally wolverine artists who just draw them as like triangles and that's what chicken's doing here he's drawing tiny little triangles uh for for wolverine's claws so i think we can agree right off the bat the chicken's art does this story no favors whatsoever it just does not look good by any stretch of the imagination but the real story here is one that you have mentioned multiple times on this podcast. And I am glad that I finally read about Wolverine's battles with laser or AKA Azrael, the angel of death. So I had to double check this cause I was pretty sure I was right. Do you know who has ever called Azrael the angel of death in any sort of apocryphal heretical or even fictional uh, stories involving, you know, religion, angels, demons, hmm. uh, angelology. Can I take a wild guess? Number of people who have called him Lazare. Oh, wait. Are we saying he's the angel of death or are we saying pe- number of people who have referred to him as laser? Number of people who have referred to him as laser. I, I would as say real, zero. Like, there's a bat. No, there's one. It's Mark Guggenheim. Oh, well, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I meant before Mark. <laughs> there's Asriel, like from Batman. Like <laughs> Asriel's just like we know the name. So first, and this is the most important. This is I I want to put one pin in Asriel and then come back to him for a second. Sure. I'm not okay. calling him I'm not calling him Laser. You can't make me, Mark. <laughs> I'm not doing it. That's dumb. That's one of the dumbest things in this dumb art. Wolverine is doing a mission with uh Amri Amir. Wolverine is doing a mission with Amir who is his Atlantean girlfriend that Mark Guggenheim introduced in the, in his previous arc on Wolverine about a year earlier during a civil war. Okay. Amir gets immediately fridged. Yes. Unfortunate. And listen, I do not want to, I don't like boiling every death of a female character down to saying, well, it's fridging. And that's a boilerplate reason for it being bad. I think that, as Gail Simone laid out in her original thing, like fridging was not the act that it happens in an individual story, but more representative of the overall trend in media to have women be brutalized and murdered solely as inspiration for the male heroes. And it's more about who gets their stories told and all of that. Like, I think there's a lot more nuance than the internet likes to throw into the word fridging. Sure. Mark Guggenheim, however. (laughs) (laughs) Mark Guggenheim posits that Wolverine has had so many people fridged in his life, which is also a thing that that Jeff Loeb and Greg Marco bring up. That was a a Jeff Loeb point in his story as well. (laughs) That um, Amir, this random lady that no one has any real connection to and that we've seen in one other story that her getting fridged has finally pushed him over the edge and he has lost the will to live which is unfortunate for him because as we find out in world war one because wolverine is fighting in world war one sure that that i don't even like bat an eye about great let wolverine fight in every important conflict sure wolverine in world war one Fought the Angel of Death, uh, named Laser. He was French. I bet it was like Laser or something. But fights Laser. And Laser's like, actually, you're cool. Uh, you didn't beat me, but that was a good fight. I'll let you keep going. I'll let you not die. And what Doctor Strange and Mark Guggenheim posit is that every time that Wolverine has died, he has had to fight Laser in Purgatory to come back. That's how his healing factor works. So stupid. I don't think it's good. I love it. <laughs> it's bad. It is bad. It is bad. In this time, now he is so sad that he is actually for real dead because he has lost the will to live over Amir. Not over Silver Fox. Not over Mariko. Amir. 
Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is the one that really got him. And not um, over Rose, not over Gene. Yeah. I'm here. God, this story is bad. It's really just dumb. And uh, he realizes that when he was brought back by the hand in enemy of the state, there was a woman there and that she was somehow connected to Azrael and the angel of death, but she changed. Oh, wait. Can I say one more thing about Azrael? Why you say yeah, that? Yeah. Why was he hiding that his name was Azrael? I don't know. Why Just was call he yourself Azrael? Laser. Right. No one need to. No one. No one. I don't understand that. I, I'm so. I'm so confused by that choice. Yeah. So I don't know. Like Wolverine has this like big conspiracy now that this woman changed it so that like he's weaker now and you know now he's like heartbroken and is he actually gonna stay dead? And of course he doesn't. Comes back and has to fight everybody. And have we mentioned these terrible covers? This this has really bad covers by um, by Arthur Sedam, and they're 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 really bad. How does this end? I don't even remember. He kills Phaedra, oh, right? Oh, because you forget. Guess who comes back in this story? You know who's involved? Shengen. Oh, right. Yeah. Lord Sinjin. That's what happens at the end of this. Oh, okay. Hold on. <laughs> Gotta get into this. <laughs> Gotta get into this. Okay. So. <laughs> Lord Sinjin. Mariko. Wolverine. Yosh- Yoshida's one. Father. Dad. The Silver Samurai from the Wolverine movie. Who has come back and is going to uh, try and kill Wolverine, right? Um, Dies again at Wolverine's hands. He kills the Phaedra woman, who's the woman who is working with with Laser. She doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, And he gets his his soul back. Uh, You know, next time he dies, it's supposed to be permanent. Right. That's that's the next part of this is that when Wolverine dies the next time, he doesn't get to fight Azrael. He just dies. Right. So that I guess that's whatever. The good and, news about that is that Wolverine has a healing factor and doesn't die. Exactly. Exactly. Except for in the death of Wolverine when he right. loses his healing. Which would be the next time that he dies. Um, to be fair. No, well, hold on. Because very soon after this, he gets sent to hell in the seminal story. Wolverine goes. To oh, hell. that's true. Jason Aaron does kill him. Hmm. And he well, he back. did die. Well, there you go. He died. There you go. And he had to fight his way out of there too. All right. So we got to get as a New Jersey native, we just got to address this final page. We have to address this final page. Uh, Mark Guggenheim is from Long Island. I kind of get why he might want to have done this, but the final page involves Lord Sinjin getting up off of this floor of dead bodies and walking away and the last panel contains the classic bruce springsteen quote everything that dies someday comes back from the song atlantic city and mark mark that song is not about what you think it's about (laughs) and like it really did make me very very mad that he used that quote as part of this scene anyway just that aggravated me that really really made me mad this story was very dumb and i don't like it i don't think it's quite as bad as the lupus sapiens stuff but it's still like it you know what we didn't talk about with the return of the native is that the return of the native at least had the decency the decency to do the Wolverine origins helicopter scene and have Wolverine destroy a helicopter from a cliffside. So clearly that's the best of this week. I think the lupus is the worst. Is this worse than that? I mean, I, where do you fall on this? It's not, here's the thing. It's not far. One, say what you will about Simone Bianchi. Better artist than Shaken. Shaken's art in this is challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is, it is hard to look at in mm-hmm. places, and I am someone who tends to like expressive artists. Like when people are saying, actually, I like this weird experimental Frank Miller thing. Like, I actually, I get like modern Frank Miller a lot more than whatever Howard Chaikin's doing in this. 
Hmm. This just looks sloppy. It really does. And it looks weird, rushed, sloppy. And the problem is I've never read a Howard Chaykin comic that doesn't look like that. Yeah, so you don't know what to what to be expecting anyway, and it doesn't am, matter. I'm it doesn't matter. I'm not going to read American Flag. I'm not going to read Black Rose. No. Like, that seems like a lot of work for a guy that I don't like that much. <laughs> exactly. You're not going to go back and read this stuff anyway. So I think it's strangely akin to 856, which is What If 37, uh, that Mark Pacella issue where Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires during Inferno. Yeah. Is this better or worse than that? <sighs> I think it's I mean, worse than at 855, the Bird Brain Saga. At least that has Brett Blevins' art. Yeah, the thing is, worse can mean so many things. I know, I know. And it's just like, we make fun of it, but the the grand idea, the high concept that Wolverine has to fight the Angel of Death, literally fight the Angel of Death every time he wants to exit Purgatory and heal is the dumbest thing. <laughs> it really is. It's very stupid. It's the stupidest. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a that's that's the dumbest thing, Mark. Here's what I'm going to say. I think this should be our new 857 cuz I know you absolutely despise the X-Men 100th anniversary special. So that I don't know that good. this rises to that. So how does that sound? Does that sound like a good place on the list? Yeah, let's put it right below What If Wolverine Was Lord of the Vampires During Inferno. This is Perfect. 857. Yeah. This this is one of our worst performing episodes. Really um, However, not, still not, pretty entertaining. Not as bad as anything to do with Malibu comics. No. Uh, shockingly enough. Yeah. Gosh. Wow. That was a ride. Go read. We- Everyone, you should do what I did in Mainline Wolverine Volume 3 over a weekend. Like 70-some <laughs> issues of the most insane Wolverine comics to ever exist. Because in there, in there, you get Old Man Logan, you get Enemy of the State, you get all of that. And <laughs> Daniel Way and Mark Guggenheim and Jeff Lowe, baby. Truly oh, a journey. You get it all. Yeah, the Miller, spirit and the Wade. mind. Who could hide Loeb? Who, who could ask for for anything else? <laughs> oh what a God. freaking insane book that was! Especially when that book was shipping at the same time as the second most insane Wolverine book to ever exist, Wolverine Origins. Mm-hmm. Wild, absolutely. The wild. Robulus and Dakin book. Yeah. Gosh. All right. We have uh, really gone on a, on a journey uh, this particular episode. Should we hype the Patreon again? Should we? Should no, we... yeah. Patreon. If y'all want me to torture Adam more, uh, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash battle of the Adam and throw a couple of coins into our coffers, hearts, pocketbooks, reach into them. Nice. And make us, I don't know. I don't know. We didn't talk about the civil war one, but that's, just fine comparatively. There's, there's uh, always still ground to trot here, you know? <laughs> Do you know how much Wolverine we have not covered on this podcast? Oh, it's sizable. It's a, lot. it's a lot. Let's do an all Paul Cornell power hour at some point, and you can read <laughs> just another really bad. Hey, I'm just going to ask Adam. Mm. I don't know if you know this off the top of your head. Yeah. You know how Wolverine died in the seminal story, The Death of Wolverine. Yeah, I think so. Well, you know he died because he didn't have his healing factor, right? Yes. Do you know how he lost his healing factor? Oh, yes, I do know this, but I can't think of it right now because I've just recorded two episodes of this podcast and it's almost 10 o'clock at night. Just remind me. Would you believe that he got infected with a virus from the microverse? Oh, get out. What? Yep. Oh, my God. It's amazing. And then then has to fight Sabretooth at... They're old at Wolverine's old ancestral home, except for it was torn down and they paved paradise and put up a parking lot and then also a mall. Uh, so he has to fight Sabretooth in a mall. <laughs> the mall. I don't think I've read that. <laughs> There's a reason why Paul Cornell was not asked to write uh, The Death of Wolverine. <laughs> and they instead had an untested, untried Charles Soule do it. Yeah, probably. The... Actually, someone requests Death of Wolverine. I kind of remember liking that. Had some had some uh, Steve McNiven art, if I remember correctly. Had good art, yeah. good covers, whole thing. Adam, what do you got going on? Anything worth plugging? Follow on Adam Rec, Blue Sky, and Instagram, uh, Arthur Stacy on Twitter. And uh, what do we got going on next week, Zach? Uh, next week, 
Oh, we're going a little bit north of the border. Um, Ooh, I'm hungry. Got where where lies human flesh? Where lies the Wendigo, Adam? <laughs> Wendigo. 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 <laughs> I'm excited. It'll be a fun time. But until then, this has been Bally Adam. You know, you know, we hope you survive the experience. Get it!